0: Um, we had some great preaching on uh, Wednesday night uh, from Brother Dustin. Thank you for doing that, sir. The Lord blessed you on that and just uh, spoke to all, a lot of our hearts uh, on Wednesday night. And it actually will dovetail tonight, today, with what we're going to uh, talk about. Um, but uh, so glad you guys are here. Keep uh, Brother Randy Cole in your prayers still. He's recovering from back surgery and hopefully be home today. Um, uh, so that that's one of the second times he's had back surgery. So just um, keep him in your prayers. Uh, he's such a sweet spirit, and uh, uh, we'll pray God's blessing on him. Uh, so, Building below the baseline, working on areas in our life and uh, our Christian walk with God about uh, where we can build that, um, that surface, uh, that below the surface area uh, foundation for our Christian walk, our walk with the Lord, our walk with each other, uh, our fellowship with each other, our, our interaction, uh, just that life that God has given us um, that we get to work on. So uh, today, you'd see in your notes, we're going to be talking about humility Humility is an area of life where if you look at the world today, it's not about humility. It's all about self. It's all about um, antagonism. Uh, let's get everybody into their side. You know, what, you know, how can you build strife? You look at the media, the media, uh, you know, humility doesn't sell. What sells is strife and, and anger and, and that, that kind of stuff, war, all that, all that sells, but not humility. Christ was so humble to come from the throne of God and come to die on the cross for us. Just the example of humility. So we're going to talk about humility in our lives and how we can, um, can, uh, as a part of our our foundation as a Christian. So uh, in our text today, we're going to be in Philippians. Paul talking to the church of Philippi. We're going to be in Philippians GE Power Company, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, that's how I remember it, GE Power Company. Uh, So uh, uh, we're in Philippians. Philippians 2, turn to Philippians 2, verses 1 through 8 is our text verse today. If there be, therefore, any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love being of one accord, of one mind, let nothing be done through strife or va- vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let us esteem other better than se- themselves. Let not every man on his own things, look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who. Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and made and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Um, so we're looking at this uh, uh We want to have the same mind of Christ there in uh, uh, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Uh, This same mind of Christ, that mindset of humility. The definition of humility is freedom from pride and arrogance, humbleness of mind, a modest estimate of one's own worth. And the opposite, the antithesis of that is pride. And pride runs deep in our human culture we all deal with pride. Pride is usually the root of all sin. Um, so, but the Bible is very uh, clear about pride and, and even humility. Um, Proverbs is, is just rife with it. Uh, Proverbs eighteen twelve: before destruction, the heart of man is haughty and before honor is humility. Uh, 22, 4, by humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Uh, Pride cometh uh, when pride cometh, there then cometh shame. But with lowly is wisdom, and everybody knows this one. Proverbs that was eleven two and sixteen eighteen. Pride goeth before destruction, or pride before the fall. We've all said that, and a haughty spirit before a fall. So pride in a foundation is much like a small crack in a foundation. Might not be a problem today. Might not be a problem at the immediate moment. But that small crack can become a problem. For a home, for a structure, when water seeps in, when things start rotting away, now all of a sudden the foundation needs to be totally redone because of what started as a small crack. And we can, we're all, will face times when we're dealing with pride and pride is putting yourself, uh, yourself first. So, and you know what? Pride is easy to find in other people, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, man, you could, you could point it out. I would say that usually when you're pointing pride out in other people's lives, you might be dealing with it yourself. So, we're gonna talk about that today. We're gonna to talk about, he, I, have, I have explained before that sometimes I struggle with Paul's writing, because it's just, he's, he's really a brainiac. Um, he's like my daughter, he's Sealy. He's you know, he, he can write stuff, and I just don't know what he's saying. But this one actually is pretty clear, especially when you've read it four or five times. It's actually pretty clear. He's got some great um, uh, instruction about humility and how we as Christians can grow, can build that uh, foundation in our in our Christian walk, Um, and and it it all starts with humility. James uh, 10 says, "Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and He shall lift you up." So, what are the characteristics and actions of a person? Seeking to walk in humility. Number one, they seek to walk in unity. In unity. Uh, I love the fact that we have one pastor. Uh, we don't have a pastor of this ministry, a pastor of this ministry, a pastor of this ministry. We have one pastor. Because he's getting direction from God. He's bringing to us what God's laid on his heart. What uh, he has studied uh, uh, with God's grace. We don't have a pastor here doing this and a pastor here. We have one pastor. That helps to get us in line for unity as a church, as a people. And so uh, we're going to seek to walk in unity. Look in verse 1 and 2 back at our text verse. If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, and any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, one mind. So a humble person... Is a peacemaker. Um, a humble person uh, wants to walk with unity with others. Uh, dis, like I said, disunity permeates our culture. They want to divide us. The 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 Satan wants to, to divide us. When we're in unity, that uh, goes against what he wants. He wants to have that discord, that that, that disunity uh, with us. Uh, so, um, and and. When it comes to uh, disunity, uh, uh, gossip, strife—all these um, things—folks that deal with that, they aren't looking for solutions; they're just looking for the strife. But when humility, on the other hand, looks for solutions, um, "I was wrong. I am sorry." You know that that, that humble uh, humbleness of mine. So, what is is how how does this start? It's based on our fellowship. In Christ, letter A, based on our fellowship in Christ, we have to be focused and have a fellowship with Christ, a common bond. If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, from verse one, if any comfort of love, any fellowship of the spirit, any bowels and mercy. Um, We uh, there are four attributes, basically, that um, from this verse that tell us uh, how we can have fellowship in Christ. Consolation. Write these words down if you, if you have some notes in there. Uh, just write these words next to that. If there be uh, the, the, fellow, the consolation, if there therefore be any consolation in Christ. That consolation is encouragement. It's comfort. It's refreshment. John 15, uh, 26 says, But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Um, we are to be encouraged in Christ. Uh, with this consolation, uh, love—if there be any comfort of love. This love is the agape love, that self-sacrificing love, giving of oneself for, for, for another. It's one of the fruits of the spirit from Galatians five twenty two. Uh, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. Uh, thirdly, fellowship in the spirit, if there be any fellowship in the spirit. Fellowship means communion, intimacy. We should, we should endeavor to have this with Christ. Not just a head knowledge. There's many people that have a head knowledge. We, we were out, uh, soul when yesterday, there's plenty, plenty of people that have head knowledge. When you get down to the root of it, they don't have an intimacy with Christ. They just know of him and I'm good. And that's, can be further from the truth we need to have that fellowship of spirit um, and then bowels and mercy Some, that one's a little one that threw me off a little bit but the bowels is meaning the, the deep emotions within a person that, that that gut that down down in the bowels the reference to those deep emotions um, it's more, more than a surface ability it's a genuine carry caring for people's needs. Paul points this out because he wants us to uh, to uh, have, to give these torch, other people in the family of God. These four elements are the basis of a, a walk in unity with others. But it's also evidenced by the, in letter B the character of Christ, the character of Christ. Fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being in one accord of one mind. Philippians two two gives us three ways unity is achieved. It's in that same love again. Uh, circle that in, the, in your in your Bible. Uh, a, a spiritual unity is through love and th- and and through um, not through controlling others. It's a Holy Spirit bringing us together, beloved. If if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. It's of one accord. This is the only time in the Bible, or a couple times, where where Hondas are actually a. Um, um, a biblical car, uh, uh, being united in one spirit, in one accord, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace from Ephesians four three. When we uh, when we see folks sing in our church, not everybody sings the same. I mean, we have altos, we have sopranos, we have harmony, we have melody, but when it it's still united when it comes together. It's not that everybody has to do the exact same thing, but it's, it's, a, it's united. It's, a, it's that beautiful melody, that beautiful conglomeration of the voices, harmoniously. And then of one mind. Having one mind doesn't mean we uh, have the exact same thoughts, but we direct our minds toward the same focus, Christ. Directing towards Him. Um, people see things differently differently. Because we have different focuses, uh, but if we can align ourselves to Christ through the Bible, we can keep that. We can keep a same the same uh, target point. So, uh, only let your in Philippians 1:27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else I be absent, I may hear your affairs. That you stand fast in one spirit, having uh, with one mind striving together for the faith of the God. We're we are to have that mind of Christ. Same as a back to the mu- music example, uh, an orchestra does not tune to the next instrument next to it. You have to have a single focus to tune to. Christ is our single focus. It's not Pastor Chat. Not uh, not our pastor. It's not me. It's not the person sitting next to you. It's Christ. Um, Please don't compare yourself to somebody else in the church. Um, A, you might be a root of pride, or B, you might might be humbled quite a bit, you know. Uh, And it can be a source of discouragement. But we need to we need to tune ourselves to Christ. And do that by saturating in God's word, uh, getting into God's word. So we need to seek a walk of unity, number one. And we need to separate. This is where we differ from the world. We need to separate from contention. I've got some great examples of that. Uh, Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done in strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let us esteem others better than ourselves. Refuse strife, letter A. Refuse strife. Especially in a, I've said it before. Sometimes, we, I, I think I was sharing this example. You, you have family and you love family. Because we're supposed to. Sometimes you don't like them. <laughs> All of it, I've said it to my daughters before. I said, I love you so much, but I don't like you right now. I just really don't. It, just being truthful. But, but we're a family. Nothing's going to change that. And so um, strife, strife can break us apart. And and in churches, we see it happening all the time. Some people are coming to a church looking for strife. uh, They're looking to be offended. I've seen visitors come into our church. They're looking to get offended so they don't have to come back. I've seen it before. And and I've seen some, we've had some wonderful men in our church who just can defuse things so well. Brother Andy, he could defuse a bomb right in front of him. And he's done that. I've watched him do that. He just, he's brought a visitor down who got offended for some reason. and Brought him down. Brought him back into the service. It was great. But we need to refuse strife. Strife is putting oneself forward. It's a self-promotion. Slander, back, uh, backbiting, gossip. In Proverbs 26, uh, 20, Uh, let where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no tailbearer, the strife ceaseth. Just end it right there when it comes to you. Just end it. Proverbs 26, 2: The word of a tailbearer are his wounds, and they go down with the innermost parts of the belly in that core. uh, For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work from James 3:16. We ought to be people who edify and build up the church and our speech ought to be used for the purpose of edification. Ephesians 4:27 or 29 Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now this also doesn't just go beyond it goes beyond voices. We have those cell phones, you know. We have social media. We have emails. Don't ever, I'll just, a little, little life lesson here, life hack, don't ever send an email out in anger. I, I, I know you've done it. I, not anger, but about, you pause. Well, I've written that email, and I'm about to hit send. Pause. Walk away. Come back, you'll find that you could probably take three quarters of that email out and get so much more accomplished without causing contention, without biting someone's head off. The devil loves it when he entangles us, the Christians, in arguments and drama. And we lose our focus on Christ. So, let's let's avoid strife. B, maintain lowliness of mind. This will help us do that. Uh, Philippians 2, 3, vainglory, or vainglory but in lowliness of mind. Uh, Again, strife is self-promotion. Vainglory is er erroneous opinion of self. It's, it's when we, our, our pride, we, we're thinking too highly of ourselves. Uh, I, like, I love how, how D.L. Moody once said, God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. God tells us to replace strife and vainglory vain with lowliness of mind, to have a humble opinion of ourselves. Romans 12.3 says, For I say, through the grace given unto, uh, unto me, To every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to God, and that who hath, according as God hath dealt with every man the measure of faith. One of the best places to find your humility is at the foot of the cross. I think of that soldier that, when Christ died on the cross, he, oh, what have we done? This surely was the man of God. He was at the foot of the cross. His humbleness came to mind. And said, I'm not a great soldier. I'm not a, I'm not, what I've done is, is wicked and evil. This was the man of God. At the foot of the cross, we can all find our humility. It helps remind us what Christ has done and what we have not Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Malice is part of all of those things. And be kind one to another, tenderhearted, giving one another as, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. I'm going to read you a story about Charles. This ha- and this happens in the church. No, no, no preacher is immune from bitterness and, and Uh, Anger, which can cause backbiting. But here's a story with Charles Spurgeon, of all people. Charles Spurgeon, he was a fiery man. Charles Spurgeon and Joseph Parker were pastors in London in the 19th century. On one occasion, Parker commented from his pulpit on the poor condition of children admitted to Spurgeon's orphanage. Remember that. The truth, however, was twisted. And it was reported to Spurgeon that Parker had criticized the orphanage itself, which he hadn't. Spurgeon's fiery temper got the best of him. And on the following Sunday, he blasted Parker from his pulpit. The cruel words were printed in the newspaper and came in the talk of the town. People flocked to Parker's church the next Sunday to hear his rebuttal. Everybody loves a good fight, right? Why do we go to hockey games? To see the fights, right? Um, so Parker slowly got up, went to the pulpit, <laughs> quietly cleared his throat and said, Brother Spurgeon is sick today and won't be preaching in his pulpit, but this is the day he takes up an offering for the orphans. May I suggest that we take up the offering for him in our church, for he's doing a great work and I know all of us would have, uh, would like to have a part of it. The crowd was so delighted, Parker's compassion stirred such a response that the deacons had to empty the offering plates three times. Be glad to do that, bro. I'll do it. They bagged the money and took it over to Spurgeon after the service, commenting, this is a gift from Joseph Parker. He really promoted your program in church today. Spurgeon, transfixed by Parker's generosity, on Tuesday morning, he was, uh, there was a knock at Parker's study. It was Spurgeon. Throwing his arms around his rival, he said, you have more of the spirit of Jesus Christ than any man I know. You know, Parker, you have practiced grace on me. You have given me not what I deserved, you have given me what I needed. He was humbled. He let his anger take part of him, but he was humbled by a man's humility. So, third, we need to esteem others. Let's see, we need to esteem others. Not think highly of ourselves, but esteem others. Let each other uh, better than ourselves. Set a value on, that's what esteem means, to set a value on. Every single one of us walked in here, we have a value. We have a value to God. Send his son to die on the cross for us. He's not going to send his son to die on the cross for, for refuse. For, for... Now, it doesn't mean we're worthy. We're not worthy of it. But he has a value on it. And we are to put a value on others. It's more than our glory. It's more than, uh, and this, is, this ties in with what Brother Dustin was talking about on Wednesday. A lot of leadership is about what what I can do, what what, uh, my accomplishments. Boy, listen to the, uh, one thing I'm not looking forward to is the next election round. Because A, it's about look what I can do, look what I've done. Uh, Oh, and then the other side of it, let me cause strife and talk about how bad that person is. So which one's going to work more? Is it going to be the fact that we, how bad this person is or what you're going to do? It's, I hate it, but it's. It's making sausage in our government, governmental process. But, but we ought to not be that way. We, we ought to uh, uh, esteem one another. Uh, two men in our Christian heritage, um, George Whitfield and John Wesley. Though Whitfield disagreed with John Wesley on some doctrinal matters, he kept a humble spirit despite their differences. Again, here's the press again, in an effort to conjure up some strife, a reporter asked Whitfield, do you think you'll see Wesley in heaven? Whitfield replied, I fear not. Oh, here it comes. For he will be so near the eternal throne, and we at such a distance that I'll be hardly be able to see him. He showed humility. Didn't fall for the bait. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, be clothed in humility, for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. I want his grace. Amen. We need his grace. And you could do this, you could do this by uh, through prayer. Talking with God, asking for that grace, uh, getting into your Bible, reading, reading and, and, and finding out how you can esteem others. People who seek humility, Uh, separate from contention. Finally, serve others in need. Serve others in need. This will help. This will help you with humility, serving others. Look not every man to his own things, back in verse 4, but every man also to the things of others. Hours before Christ was betrayed and ultimately crucified, he shared the Last Supper with his disciples. And what were they concerned about? They were bickering about their place in heaven. And he responded in Luke twenty-two, twenty-seven. 27, for whether, whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat, but I am among you as he that serveth. He went against the grain of what the normal thought process was. Serving, like Brother Dustin said, serving is leadership. The posture of greatness is the position of a servant. You can write that down. The posture of greatness is the position of a servant. The greatest of the Christian life is not being very, uh, very good, uh, is not in being very good at looking out for yourself, but looking out for the needs of others. So it's an unselfish look. How do you do that? It's an unselfish look. Again, you're taking yourself out of it. Humility is all about uh, stripping away your needs, stripping away. Um, your pride. Let not every man on his own things. He's talking about don't look to your needs. God will take care of that. Um, To look means to contemplate, to fix one's eyes on, to direct one's attention to. All of us have problems. All of us have things that we're dealing with. Some are serious. Some might not seem serious to others, but we're all dealing with something, and we have a God that's bigger than our bar problems. He can get us through. But if we can have that look, not looking on ourselves, but looking on the needs of others, it'll help. It's a two-fold action. Uh, when we look on ourselves, we're looking at our own business, but we, but we need to uh, be cognizant of others. Look for opportunities to meet their needs. That's an outward look, letter B, an outward look but every man also on the things also. not. It's saying also. You've got to take care of yourself. You've got to uh, bring prayer to the Lord about your needs. He wants to hear those. He wants to answer those. Um, was, uh, General and I were praying for, for Anna. You know, it was, it was a rough week for the freshmen in college last week. This is a, I think probably across the, the nation. All the kids, they were, they were all of a sudden they were realizing, wow, this is a real thing, college. <laughs> I think every freshman, well, I know, every freshman goes through it. My wife and I had great stories talking about that, of, of the meltdowns you have going, there's no way I can get it all done. Who do these teachers think they are? Well, we prayed to the Lord. Within minutes, he answered a prayer. She was, she was, she was lonely, and she was frustrated, and she was, thought that among these 4,000 students, she's all alone. Prayed to the Lord within minutes. She was called by friends and, and was, had a wonderful day. So we all have needs and they're not, they're, we're not to say oh, I have no, no more needs anymore. Let's give those to God but we have others that we can be God's vessel for others when we look when we have that outward look towards others uh, a focus on serving others and it, it's an extent of kindness to someone else. James one, twenty seven says, "Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless, the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world." God calls us to serve one another. Galatians five thirteen says, "For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for the occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another." Praise the Lord. We're supposed to develop that humility, uh, develop that in our foundation. Teach to our kids. If you you have kids and you have especially more than one, you're you're ripe with getting to teach humility. And when in doubt, on trying to figure out how that's going to be, we just look to Christ. He's the example. The author and finisher of our faith. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus from verse 5. Don't let the crack of pride show up in your life. And we're going to deal with it. But let's spackle it. Let's get it fixed. Get in prayer. Get in our Bible. Find someone who can help and encourage. But let's be that help and encouragement to others. Putting others before self. We'll, you will have a, 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 that humility, that mind of Christ. And so I encourage you... Uh, don't just uh, let it pass you by. Humility is a real thing. It is an important part of your growing as a Christian. It'll help in your job. It'll help in your, uh, your family. Uh, a husband and wife that stay focused on Christ grow together. They stay, if they're focusing on self, they grow apart. But, but let's focus on Christ. Let's grow as a, as a church, grow as a people, and uh, esteem one another. So, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. For this day, I thank you for your words. I thank you for the, the uh, just the simple uh, message that you give to us, Lord, to uh, be more Christ like, Lord. And I pray that we'll just um, accept the challenges of that, um, that we'll uh, endeavor to be more like you. Lord, please be with us uh, as we fellowship, be with us as we um, esteem each other. And uh, Lord, uh, I just pray for the, the service to come, Lord. Use us. We got folks filling in for the, for those who are out and sick. Uh, we have folks who are sick today and recovering. We just pray for their their healing. Uh, you, as the great physician, Lord, please uh, do a work in their lives. Lord, do a work in our lives right now in Your precious name. We pray. Amen. Thank you, folks. Uh, we got folks who are getting ready to go to class and uh, service coming up.